Yeah, wait, hold on. It's not like you said Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. I like the Cleveland Browns because a lot of things. Welcome to this episode of the Undrafted Free Agents Podcast, a show where two guys who never made it playing football talk about football. Here are your hosts, Austin Gregory and Nick Kugis. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the UDFA pod, Undrafted Free Agents. I am one of your hosts, Austin Gregory, joined by my pal, Nick Gugas. Nick, how, how's it going today? Feels awesome. Woke up, feeling excited. Uh, first time you and I are actually in the studio together, ever, as podcasters. Uh, so, you know, big milestone for us, big exciting day, and, you know, looking forward to talking football finally in, in a professional environment. It's going to be fun. Yeah, no, for sure. We've, uh, Nick and I have done podcasting on and off together since end of junior year of high school uh, and it's never been quite the professional setup like we have today uh, back in high school we would gather around uh, some desk in high school and put my phone and put on voice memos right in the middle of the desk and just roll with it uh, not too bad we we average over 100 listens per per podcast which I feel like isn't bad for a little phone no editing recorded thrown on soundcloud yeah, podcast back in high school where are those at you we still have those somewhere? i think they're still up on soundcloud i don't know if i have them on my phone since i've gotten i want to say two new phones since high school but i think they're still up on soundcloud so definitely can tune into those little two fanatics one faker shout out gavin oh, p yeah. norton our third host over there but yeah so obviously with the name undrafted free agents that's a big term in the NFL world, which means we're going to be a football podcast, uh, as explained by the great Spencer Fisher in our intro that you guys just heard before the podcast started here. Uh, very glad to be out here, like Nick said, in person. Uh, we tried recording one podcast uh, virtually uh, with me here in the studio and Nick through Zoom back at school in Missouri, but here we are back in person now. Uh, we're both on summer break, so we figured we'd start rolling the punches and getting the podcast going. Very excited for this. Tons of people who want to be a part of the podcast already. Uh, Nick himself already has a successful Rams podcast, and so uh, we're hoping to build a following from that as well. But yeah, we're going to go ahead and dive right on into things. Like I said, football, that's all it's going to be. Uh, we're going to try and see, you know, if we're lucky enough to have any big-name guests anytime soon. Uh, that's definitely the goal. Like I said, Nick's a Rams fan. We are here at California Lutheran University, home to the Los Angeles Rams practice facility. I Who did, just, I did just see John Wolford, I want to say, driving up. I passed by him. I'm a Giants fan, so I don't have uh, these big fangirl moments like Nick probably would, but I have seen Aaron Donald, Johnny Hecker out in public now. Yeah, Austin um, has seen probably 10 different Rams uh, while he's been in, while the Rams have been in TO, and he's obviously been here. Uh, I've been here occasionally, here and there. I've never ran into one. Uh, she's kind of, you know, a little bit annoying, but uh, maybe one day, uh, if I stick around here a little bit, a little, little after the podcast, I can uh, run into one of them. But yeah, a little jealous of Austin, ran into the, the wolf himself uh, on the way here, so that was probably exciting. Yeah, no, it was definitely funny. I was just driving, you know, paying attention to the road like a good driver should, but then I looked up and like, I recognized that mug behind that wheel right there. I'm like, oh, that's John Wolford, the man who... Helped the Rams propel to the playoffs last year. Sure. Uh, big win over Arizona to finish off the season. Um, definitely a, a big part of kind of helping them get to the playoffs. Obviously, he had a little bit of the injury with the, the Seahawks game. Rams still held on for that one. Goff kind of held his own ground. Obviously, Jared Goff no longer the quarterback of Knicks. Los Angeles Rams after the trade for Matthew Stafford this offseason, which is obviously a drastic improvement. Goff, one of the most probably inconsistent, I want to say, quarterbacks in the NFL, had... Yeah. 
a fantabulous start to his career, especially after starting with, uh, you know, uh, I hate to say it because we like to say Jeff is a good buddy, your, your dad, Gus, but Jeff Fisher kind of not giving the best propel to Goff's career start with the, with the Rams and obviously then Goff leading the Rams to the Super Bowl and then obviously the unfortunate loss in the Super Bowl. But uh, NFC Championship that early in his career obviously earned him the uh, large contract he ended up getting from the Rams, which ended up not paying out. But um, they ended up working the trade to be able to get Matthew Stafford for the Lions, which I'm sure Nick's happy about as a Rams fan. Yeah, 100% ready for Stafford. Uh, as Austin said, Goff, a uh, very interesting career uh, in Los Angeles for him. Uh, you know, it was a player that had some promise. Um, you know, obviously the number one pick in the draft. Uh, he was seen as one of the top quarterback prospects in, in a while, and uh, the Rams took a chance on him over Carson Wentz. Those are the top two guys in that draft class. Uh, Goff, I think, came in uh, week, I want to say week nine in 2016 and didn't win a single game that year. Uh, Jeff Fisher gets fired, McVay comes in. And the rest is history there. The next couple of years uh, were consisted of a lot of wins, a lot of success, which a lot of people contribute to McVay and maybe not so much of Goff. Um, but nonetheless, uh, that marriage kind of kind of fell through this past off season, And uh, now we see Jared Goff in Detroit uh, in exchange for uh, gunslinger Matthew Stafford. Um, so, you know, as a Rams fan, excited to see what McVay and Stafford can, can do together. So just got to wait to see how that's going to go. But But, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, and I think it will definitely be be an interesting season. Um, but we are a couple weeks removed from the draft now. Uh, obviously, draft is something we both love to pay attention to. You never have to pay attention on day one because Les Snead yep. is just good at throwing away those. Well, not throwing away, trading those first-round picks. Obviously, uh, the big trade to be able to move up to get Goff, and then obviously the trade to acquire Jalen Ramsey, and now the trade to acquire uh, Matthew Stafford. So it has been some time since the Rams have you know, picked in the first round, but it's obviously worked out. Guys like Cam Akers, uh, Van Jefferson, so in a lot of promise. Uh, Darius Williams as well. Uh, I believe he was like one of the highest ranked uh, PF uh, pro football focus uh, corners last year. Yeah. Uh, a lot of young promise with that young, talented defense. Uh, obviously the best defense in the NFL last year, uh, led by defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, um, who obviously has had a big impact uh bobby brown one of the rams draft picks this year i had a big fangirl moment yeah, when he finally got to, to meet aaron donald that was kind of funny uh i didn't think it was possible to have somebody bigger than aaron donald on your football team but bobby brown's a big boy and uh, yeah he is it, it was definitely fun to see that interaction kind of a similar kind of build you know maybe maybe one day we'll, we'll see bobby brown win three defensive player of the years you know who knows but yeah that's kind of a cool interaction to see him uh looking up to Aaron Donald uh, throughout his football career and then getting drafted by the team that Aaron Donald plays for, uh, you know, and becoming teammates instantly. So, you know, a heart, little heartwarming story, feel-good moment uh, on day one of OTAs here in Thousand Oaks. Um, but, yeah, Aaron Donald, yep, definitely the leader of that defense last year. But the Rams did lose some key players in John Johnson, you know, Troy Hill, uh, Michael Brockers, which is going to be a question uh, going into this season if, if, if that defense can translate seamlessly and, you know, continue to be a top uh, two, three, maybe even one defense this year. So 100% uh, we're going to be looking at that. We got we got breaking news. We got a Shefty bomb. Really? Uh, our Everybody's favorite commissioner, Roger Goodell, has come out to say that uh, he has high optimism that all stadiums will be full capacity this year, which obviously doesn't seem like an issue. I think obviously the biggest question was really SoFi 
up in Levi Stadium for Santa Clara for the Niners? Or really the big question, because obviously here in California, things have been pretty strict for a while, but the announcement came out that Angel Stadium, Dodger Stadium, are both going to be at full capacity June 15th, so I don't see why SoFi, Levi Stadium couldn't be at full capacity come September when football season starts. And I'm really hoping so, because obviously... Uh, I am a New York Giants fan. Last year, it's unfortunate that I wasn't able to go see the Giants play the Rams when the Giants were out here. Uh, Giants do come back out here to play uh, the Chargers this year at SoFi. Rams are actually playing the Giants again this year. Rams traveling to New York this time. But yeah, so I'm really hoping that I get to go out to SoFi, check out one, obviously see how uh, incredible that stadium looks in SoFi, and then obviously see uh, my Giants play some football. Very much uh, a big year for our Giants. Coming off of last year, obviously with the no really nice way of putting into words what the Eagles did in week 16 against the football team. Jalen Hurts, not playing a bad game at all, decided to sit him for uh, Nate Sudfeld and really just throw that game away, letting, uh, allowing the football team to go to the playoffs uh, over the Giants. Obviously, you know, Giants didn't necessarily deserve to go to the playoffs at 6-10, and 7-9, whatever they end up finishing. But obviously it just sucks, especially since they beat Washington both times. Uh, just a way to kind of that ended up kind of unfolding. Dougie Peterson ended up getting fired as the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz then getting traded to the Indianapolis Colts in return off after that fallout as well. So obviously just unfortunate. Uh, definitely looking forward to uh, the Giants this year. Uh, actually had the uh, pleasure of meeting Blake Martinez, uh, middle linebacker who we picked up last year. One of the, I want to say, the free agent steals of last year alongside James Bradbury. How was that? Uh, how, was it? how was meeting him? Was he a cool guy? Definitely a cool experience. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, be that guy who was kind of bothering him. Uh, I I had the pleasure of working out at a sports card shop here for a couple of weeks uh, that just opened here in Westlake. One of the owners, Cassius Mars, is a linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Uh, so they're working on a big Pokemon break and really just trying to make their money. So uh, I got to talk with Blake Martinez's wife quite a bit, so that was kind of cool. Uh, she kind of just got to talk. It was cool to talk with her about, you know, how Blake's experience was in Green Bay with the Packers because I'd followed Blake for a while because uh, my family has a connection with Clay Matthews. Uh, so it was nice to kind of, you know, talk with her and see what Blake's experience was like, obviously coming in as a rookie learning under Clay Matthews, who's one of the, if not the best linebacker of our generation for Nick and I. And then obviously uh, it's big for us for Blake to come over, having a great year like he did. Definitely thought he deserved to be in the Pro Bowl conversation more than he was. Uh, and it was he was a big part of our defense, really turned our defense around. Uh, the first couple of weeks we, we looked like we were not going to be good defensively. Then we had that game against the Rams, which I think was our big come-out game for our defense, really shut, shut down the Rams for the first three quarters of the football game. Uh, and then obviously it kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter, but still I think the Rams only put up like 17 points or something yeah. on us. Giants ended up finishing I want to say as the ninth defense in the NFL last year and that was doing a large part to our run defense which what Nick and I like to talk about a lot is the Aaron Donald effect that Aaron Donald's allowed uh, guys like Michael Brockers uh, to be able to come off the edge and get these sacks and allow these pressures because Aaron Donald obviously being the highest double team triple team uh, percentage player uh, in the NFL. The Giants had Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, the third and fifth most double team players in the NFL last year at the defensive tackle, allowing Leonard Williams to come off the edge. Uh, and Leonard Williams was a big risk for the Giants, obviously having big struggles for him and his start of his career after being a top five pick, top 10 pick, whatever it was, to the Jets, uh, and having a terrible start with them. And then his first year with the Giants, I want to say he had like one and a half sacks, and then he had 11 and a half last year. And it was just really big for him. Obviously, nice to see that we had that. He just got a big contract extension that he obviously deserved this offseason. Giants addressed their defense this offseason in 
free agency in the draft as well, bringing in a Dory Jackson, another SC Trojan, which obviously I don't like to see Nick and I being UCLA guys, but uh, the only Trojan we have on our roster right now besides Dory Jackson is Leonard Williams, so obviously uh, we're hoping that works. The secondary was the big issue for the Giants last year besides, you know, James Bradbury, who was uh, a big breakout year for him. Nick and I, uh, Nick and I religiously follow football. So Nick was like easily in conversation with me about James Bradbury, and I think Nick was just as impressed as I was as kind of the emergence of James Bradbury with the Giants this past season. Yeah, it was. It, it, to be honest, it was a guy I've never heard of before this year. Um, I'm sure a lot of other NFL fans maybe could say the same, but he came onto the scene early this year and just inserted himself as one of the top corners in the league this year. And really kind of put himself against every team's uh, wide receiver one week in and week out. And just silently shut everyone down. And just became a household name, I, I would say, this year. Uh, yeah, he made the Pro Bowl, I believe, right? Yeah, he made yeah. Pro Bowl. He was given uh, the PF uh, Pro Football Focus, put them a part of their All-Pro team. Um, he didn't make uh, the AP All-Pro team, but, uh, but obviously a big honor with that. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah uh, the Giants, obviously him leading the, the way in their quarterback room. Uh, you know, adding guys uh, like a Dory Jackson and having the the young Darnay Holmes last year at UCLA, who had a pretty pretty good rookie season. It, the Giants' defense is one of the defenses that I want to be looking at this year. They're very young, but they do have some some key veterans uh, that seem to mesh well together. And I would would not be surprised if they were a top five defense this year. And I would not be surprised if they win that division that uh, next year. As always, a lot of uncertainty in the NFC East really a fun division to watch whether they're all good one year or they're all bad one year like they were last year uh seems to be always competitive and that seems to be the perfect division uh for a young defense like the giants who have a lot of competition with offenses like dallas and washington uh who made the playoffs last year obviously won the division and uh you know so the giants defense um is definitely what i'm keeping an eye on um and i'm excited for you as a giants fan you've had some tough years but I think the turnaround is starting to happen. But it's all going to kind of surround uh, around Daniel Jones and if he can make that next step forward like everyone is looking at him to do this year. Uh, and if not, uh, maybe that's the problem and that needs to be addressed. But defense, I don't think, is the problem right now. Uh, offense, uh, we're going to have to see. But, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, like, I, I really enjoy listening to, to takes Dan Orlovsky has on ESPN. And like he said, um, for the Giants and the Washington football team, it's going to be up to the quarterback play for the Giants, Daniel Jones. For the Washington football team, it seems like Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to be the man out there. And it's really going to come down to him. He made a great point saying that, you know, Dak Prescott can play as good, if not better, football than he did last year before. He obviously had the CNN injury of his dislocated ankle against the Giants. He can play as good football as he wants, but we saw it's going to be on that Cowboys defense, which they did address in the offseason, they addressed in the draft, but they. The, Dan Orlovsky made a great point in saying that they didn't address their defensive line, which was the biggest issue for them last year. Uh, they gave up three, I want to say it was like 3.2 or 3.5 yards before contact on running uh, with running backs. Obviously, this was playing against the Giants twice without Saquon. Obviously, Antonio Gibson starting to show how much promise he has after his rookie year with the football team. Miles Sanders is a great running back for the Eagles as well. So facing those three guys twice a year is no easy task. I don't know the rest of the Cowboys schedule off the, the top of my head, but it's definitely something they need to address. Obviously, you know, they're going to be able to match up. Uh, but, you know, do they have the ability to, you know, stop the Giants' 
when we have now added Kenny Galladay on the outside and obviously drafting Kadarius Tony, who seems to be uh, an explosive kind of guy who's a great route runner, uh, really shifty uh, in the slot as well. Um, and obviously hoping with Saquon coming back and being, you know, the true story that we want to see uh, with him coming back to, you know, his full potential that Joe Judge said to Saquon when he tore his ACL, the minute on that field, Joe Judge said, it's going to be one hell of a story. Uh, so it's definitely uh, going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys kind of play out. Uh, Eagles, obviously, still got a lot to figure out, in my opinion, before they're even in question of competing in that division once again. Um, but staying on the topic of defense, defense is definitely something that your Rammies don't have to worry about. But across their division, it is something they do have to worry about with, obviously, the Cardinals bringing in J.J. Watt this offseason uh, and also uh Zayvon Collins in the draft as well, which was a questionable pick. I feel like they definitely had a lot of better linebacker options at that point in the draft. Uh, and then obviously with the Niners getting Nick Bosa back, getting their defense healthy once again in hopes. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that I think obviously Stafford will help improve on, but it's definitely something that the Rams will have to focus on uh, competing in their division. Yeah, uh, NFC West, once again, going to be even more competitive, I'd say, than last year as the Niners were kind of that team that were hit with the injury bug. And a lot of people thought they would kind of go back to the Super Bowl that year uh, as they kept a lot of the same guys uh, from that Super Bowl team. But I think it was like week two or three, uh, they went to MetLife to play the Jets and just people were dropping like flies on that turf for some reason. People were blaming the turf or whatever. Uh, But anyways, they were just bit by that injury bug all season and really, really just destroyed their chances of being uh, competitive in the NFC uh, but they're gonna be they're gonna be coming back healthy this year, and it's gonna just gonna add to the NFC West, uh, a division that was extremely competitive already last year uh, between the Rams and the Seahawks mostly. But even the Cardinals, Cardinals kind of started strong, but kind of fell off a little bit towards the end of the season. But you can't really count them out ever uh, with Kyler Murray. I expect them to do a little better than eight and eight or eight and nine, whatever it was, because the extended seat. No, no, it was eight and eight. eight, eight yeah. Um, but yeah, th- that's such a fun division to follow. Um, it's as a Rams fan, I always say it's it's a terrible division to follow because it's always so competitive. But really, it's really fun uh, to be uh, in the premier division of football right now uh, with all those teams um, having a bunch of talented players. Uh, whenever there's a free agent, uh, we were joking yesterday with Julio. Um, it, they always seem to kind of fall into the NFC West. Uh, you know, we've seen with Jalen Ramsey, DeAndre Hopkins, players like that, just these big names. Um, that just land there in the West and just make the division even better. So uh, it's it's definitely gonna be fun to watch. And with Stafford, like every 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 QB JJ Watt, yeah, JJ yeah. Watt, he's kind of old now, but now that defensive line has Chandler Jones and and JJ Watt, and that's never gonna be bad. So can't complain there. Yeah, you can never complain there. So the Cardinals are gonna be a little better, I, I'd say. And um, Uda Baker, you know, changes number to number three. That can make him a little better, you know. This number rule, how do you, yeah. you feel about the number rule? I think it's interesting. Uh, I like it and I don't like it. Uh, I like it because obviously it's it's allowing a lot of guys to go back to their roots. I just watched a video with Patrick Peterson who left yeah. that, that Cardinals defense. So I think that's going to be a big loss for them. Obviously he's way past his prime, but that veteran leadership was big for that defense, especially not that great of a defense in terms of NFL comparisons. Uh, he'll be going back to number seven now being in Minnesota, his high school number, uh, as that's well tough. as his college number as well, which is cool. Yeah. Uh but I also don't like it for the fact of guys like Buda Baker changing your number for guys who have your jersey. Because there's, yeah. you know, you saw plenty of 32 Baker jerseys in 
in Arizona, but switching it to the three, uh, you know, fanatics in the NFL shop don't have the financial bandwidth to exchange all these jerseys for everybody. So I, I'm curious if we're just going to see a lot of this old jersey wearing or if people are going to get creative with Buda Baker and start just putting like an like a tape X over yeah, the two probably. like you see with uh, the Eagles fans when when Jalen Hurts came in and was wearing uh, number two they went and they they changed Wentz to Hurts and then they added a little plus symbol uh, yeah. now obviously with the old Wentz jerseys they can just cross out one one and change it to Hurts since Hurts is wearing one instead of two now um, I didn't get that Hurts change I mean going from it's one thing to go from like a if you're a positional player going from like a uh, two-digit number back to like a single-digit number like you were in college but Hertz was like number he was not he went from two to one right so he was yeah. number two already and goes to number one like sure uh just screw all the people that bought your two jersey last year um but anyways yeah I just bought a Robert Woods jersey number 17 uh probably I don't know I want to say maybe seven months ago during the season and he changed his number back to number two uh, which he's worn throughout his entire like playing career uh, and at USC, most not- notably, uh, but I- I'm not too upset about it. You know, I, I- I'm still gonna rock my my 17, um, but I think two is gonna look fresh on him. And uh, yeah, this this rule is gonna take some getting used to. I kind of like the professionality of um, all the positions, kind of having a set range. If for people that don't really watch football, if you were to start watching, you kind of would understand like what positions players are by the numbers they were. Um, but regardless, I think it'll be fun. Uh, it's obviously a money grab by the NFL, who was down in revenue last year uh, from COVID. Uh, that's that was a big part of this. But but yeah, anyways, it should be interesting. Another another breaking news for you. What's up? We have the reemergence of Ben McAdoo, Ben McAdooki, as I like nah. to call him, former Giants head coach. Uh, he led us to the playoffs in year one, following uh, his. Uh, his taking over after Tom Coughlin left the Giants, uh, and then obviously downward from there, fired midseason. He is now a member of the Dallas Cowboys as a Cowboys. consultant. Uh, he, I didn't even know this, but I just read the article. Ben McAdoo was the quarterback coach for the Jags last year, really? which I didn't even know. I don't know but that this this reunites Ben McAdoo with Mike McCarthy. Obviously, they spent time to the, together in Green Bay um, when McAdoo was the quarterbacks coach for Green Bay, coaching Aaron Rodgers out there. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that's been. Uh, just popping up but speaking of Aaron Rodgers speaking of the Green Bay Packers obviously what's going on with Aaron Rodgers right now we have the news of him now playing uh the golf uh another version of the match where we'll see the team of Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady joined once again uh facing against uh now Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau there's been a lot of memes that have come out of this uh we have now seen that there's also Aaron Rodgers is just hanging out with his wife and Miles Teller and his girlfriend in Hawaii Hawaii, uh jamming out the Taylor Swift songs as well I saw that he's singing the Taylor Swift I saw my buddies a video of him just drinking wine and singing earlier and I because they're Bears fans they hate the man but I'm like Yo, Aaron Rodgers is just straight chilling in Hawaii right now, and he's like, word, and like he's having fun, and it looks like he's on his way out of that division and that and that organization. So, you know, they're kind of opening up to Aaron Rodgers, as you know, all Bears fans and and Aaron Rodgers can agree right now that they both are not fond of the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, it looks like he's having fun. He's obviously not at OTAs with his entire receiving uh, core. It seems like so. It looks like he's got all of them. Uh, to kind of boycott with them and maybe send a message, which I, I'm a fan of. Uh, they want the best for him, and they obviously know he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and he hasn't really gotten any organizational help. Um, so guys like Devontae Adams have probably been most vocal. Uh, he's been posting some cryptic things, I'd say probably like a month ago. 
I think he posted like a goat, like a like a, a mountain goat on like the side of a like a mountain as like a cryptic message that like he's on like his last leg or something. But yeah, I, I don't know where Aaron Rodgers is gonna go. I I want to say Denver. That would be make the most sense. They could probably afford him, and uh, it'd be out of the conference, and that'd be kind of fun to see. As we all know, Peyton Manning uh, finished his career there, won a Super Bowl there. Um, so who knows? Yeah, I think that'd be fun to see him in Denver, but that's, that's just me. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, an interesting topic because where exactly is Aaron Rodgers going to end up? There's been rumors that he's been in contact with people trying to form his own form of kind of a super team somewhere. Uh, obviously, if the Packers are trading him, they're not going to be putting him to NFC uh, opponent. So it you know it limits it to really it seems Denver, Oakland. Really, yeah, no, like where else? Nowhere else after that. Else? Uh, well, sorry, Vegas now, uh, not Oakland. Does he have a um, no trade clause? I don't know if he has a no trade clause, but um, it's just you know it's interesting that there's a lot of factors that are playing into this, like the fact that Bart Starr and Brett Favre, 16 seasons with the Packers, and Rodgers just finished his 16th season with the Packers. No quarterbacks ever played 17 seasons with the Packers. Yeah, that was um, fascinating. To so hear that. it's it's definitely interesting that that's happened. Um, so you know we'll see how it plays out. Uh, another guy who is Aaron Rodgers, obviously generational talent for us. Another guy generational talent for us, Julio Jones, also in the trade talks as well. Apparently requested a trade months ago. Very surprising. Um, there there was a little bit of rumor circulating that they were going to trade Julio and Matt Ryan and draft a quarterback. Obviously, we just saw them take generational talent, Kyle Pitts, fourth overall, highest ever tight end selected in the NFL draft. Obviously, he's going to have a massive impact. I've seen a couple mock trades. I thought the one that was most interesting to me was Julio for LaVisca Chenault Jr. and uh, a second-round pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's just interesting to me because uh, in the sports card world, LaVisca Chenault Jr. has been a big name now with Trevor Lawrence coming in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big deal to pick up his rookie cards. So it's definitely something that you know won't necessarily you know deflate the the value of these cards quite a bit, but also uh, it won't be a bad move for LaVisca because it's not like Matt Ryan sucks at football. Matt Ryan can still sling the football. Obviously, yep. he's getting up there in age, but he's still one of the passing yard leaders every single yeah, year. Matty Ice, former MVP of the league we're talking about right here. And Calvin Ridley, obviously a great emergence for him last year as well yep. uh, with Julio being down. So it wouldn't be a bad deal. Uh, obviously, I'm sure Trevor Lawrence would love to get Julio for you know two or three years That'd down there fun, to start yeah. his career. But, yeah, it's definitely an interesting conversation at this point. Yeah, and I think that usually when you say you can afford – if I told you you can afford to lose a player like Julio Jones to your offense, you probably look, you kind of look at me like I was crazy. Um, but I think it kind of helps um, right now that the Falcons drafted uh, Kyle Pitts at number four. Kyle Pitts is a player I've been – I haven't been high this high on a draft prospect – uh, in years, uh, even including court, uh, quarterbacks, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be an insane NFL player. Uh, I've told people um, my opinions on him that I think he's going to have a Calvin Johnson type effect um, into an NFL offense. Um, he's listed as a tight end, and that's what he was drafted as, and kind of played in college, but never really uh, played that blocking role. Played outside a bunch. Um, I think that he can easily uh, kind of grab those double those double uh, double coverages that. Calvin Johnson was getting back when he was playing because the dude's like 6'5", 6'6", and runs a 4'3", four, four, or 4'4", four, four, I want to say, and that's just unheard of, and I think it's going to just translate seamlessly and just a fantastic pass-catching prospect for the Falcons, which is why um, they can 
in a sense, a forward to lose uh, a 33-year-old Julio Jones right now and only get back, you know, a second-round pick, which maybe some um, avid NFL fans are thinking, no, you, you need to get a first for him. But he is 33, and he has a pretty significant cap hit with him. So I really can't see a world where the Falcons are going to get a first in return for Julio Jones. Uh, my guess, like you said, is a second-round pick and a player maybe, uh, maybe a couple second-round picks. But, you know, teams looking at Julio right now are, are the Titans. Who else? The Niners maybe? Yeah, that would be interesting one um, with the Niners. I mean, I feel like it would help to have him, but I feel like they, they like their young guys they have right now in Debo Samuel and Brandon yeah. Ayuk. But yeah, that would be an interesting one. Obviously, we saw DeAndre Hopkins put out the the tweet, the photo of him, A.J. Green, and yeah, that photo Julio got comments at, for sure. at the Pro Bowl and saying, hey, Julio, remember what we talked about here? Um, obviously, with A.J. Green now being uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, which... We'll see how he does. Uh, obviously, a very, very disappointing year for him last year coming off his injury. But, yeah, I mean, we've we've been bouncing around a little bit here. Uh, we're going to go through and kind of give our predictions at this point in time, kind of where we think everybody's going to line up playoff-wise. Uh, we're not going to run through every single team's record and everything. We're just going to give our, our seven for both the NFC the AFC as well. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start in the NFC. Nick, I know you got your list kind of brewing already over there. So yeah, why don't you run here. us down we, over there? We got here today, and I was, I was looking at this and just thinking because there's a lot of uncertainty in, in the NFC. You know, I had Green Bay, uh, you know, after the Super Bowl ended, of course, I had a Green Bay kind of finishing two or three again in, in 2021. But obviously with the Aaron Rodgers saga and all the buzz going around him and how he might not return and probably won't return, I just – can't really find a good place to put the Packers, and even if they're going to win that division, it's really hard to tell. NFC North right now is is confusing, um, and you got Jared Goff leading the way in Detroit, which they want to feel good about. I know they do. I I really just can't feel good about that at all. And they didn't draft a quarterback, I believe, right? They didn't draft any quarterbacks, so they're kind of just looking at Jared and saying, "You're the man this year." Um, I don't know if they're going to use it as a rebuilding year. Uh, but yeah, the NFC North is weird. I think I have Green Bay uh, still winning and at four. Um, but at the top, you know what? I'll start at the bottom. At number seven, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Arizona at seven, just because you know Kyler Murray is a fantastic quarterback. Um, he's what you want as a quarterback in the NFL these days. Uh, very mobile. Uh, has a great arm, and he's got weapons, you know, Hopkins, uh, and that defense is looking better uh, with J.J. Watt and Zayvon Collins and any players like that. So I, I think the Cardinals don't miss the playoffs again um, like they did last year, so I got them at seven. Um, six? Who do you kind of see at six? Second wild card. You know, I definitely agree with you that the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs this year. I, I personally am not a fan of Kyler Murray. I never have been. Uh yeah. But obviously, you know, like you said, he is kind of what they look for in the NFL right now with the mobility, have the arm strength as well. He definitely relies more on his feet than his arm a little bit. So, um, But obviously with guys like DeAndre Hopkins, he can just lob the ball up to him and he's coming down with it 99% of the time. I do think uh, in a crazy world, we could see all four teams from the NFC West make the playoffs now with, se- with seven teams in the playoffs. Um, but I don't think Seattle makes the playoffs this year just because of a little bit of drama that's been going off this season with in the offseason with the possibility of Russell Wilson being traded and the, the rumor mill of that. Uh, I do think that uh, 
this season we could see two teams from the NFC East make the playoffs as well. Two teams from the NFC North as well. Um, NFC South, uh, Falcons, I think, might have a chance. Uh, I think the Saints, it's going to be an interesting year for New Orleans, especially with Drew Brees retiring. uh, With um, Jameis Winston seeing the tank to helm, I don't think Taysom Hill is going to be their guy like people think there is. But, yeah, no, I think at six I would probably put – I want to say – I would probably put the Cowboys at six. I think. I think they can finally, if obviously if Dak's staying healthy, that elevates Zeke's game. Obviously Zeke had a down year for him last year because of their offensive line injuries and obviously Dak not being there. Uh, so if they, you know, they tried to rely on Zeke and teams just zoned in on that. Um, so I think I would put them at six just because I don't, I don't necessarily see if Dallas's defense is not drastically better than it was last year because I think Dallas was like a bottom five defense last year. I think they make the playoffs, but I don't see them winning the NFC East if the Giants and uh, football and the Washington football team's defense alone played like they did last year yeah, I agree. Uh, and continue to be better um, than they were last year. So I, I think Dallas at six isn't, isn't a bad shout. Yeah, I would say Dallas for sure. I was looking at them uh, as in that six spot. Uh, I agree with you that they could make it, but I don't think I don't see them winning the the NFC East uh, at six as well. I could also see the Saints, like you mentioned. Uh, I, as you know, despise the Saints, but I am for some reason uh, a believer in Jameis Winston um, to lead that team, uh, a team that didn't really. I mean, they lost a they lost a good amount of uh, kind of defensive starters and, and stuff like that uh, when they had to deal with all their cap space issues this past off season. Um, but you know the, the the major bones of that team are still there. Um, obviously, Jameis Winston, uh, we all know, kind of played a, a lot of his NFL career with with some eye problems, right? And he got like LASIK eye surgery a couple years ago. Um, but that was while like he was kind of in a backup role, and so he's, he's going to be a starter again finally. Uh, we saw him throw a touchdown in the playoffs against Tampa Bay last year. Uh, it was a dime, uh, I will say. Um, so I think this Jameis Winston, this new and improved Jameis Winston with, with some 2020 vision, uh, I can see the Saints finishing sixth there. Uh, obviously, they're not going to win that division with Tampa Bay uh, being in it, but I can see Saints or uh, or Dallas at at six, and I think we can both agree that five is going to be an NFC West team. Yeah, and just touching on the Cowboys real quick, too. The Cowboys also have one of the easiest strengths of schedules next year as well, so I think that will play a large factor in their ability to pursue a playoff spot. Uh, but yeah, definitely at five is going to be one of the NFC West teams, whether it's the Rams or the Niners, I think. It's between those two teams, top of the division right now. Yeah. Uh, I personally see the Niners being that five seed, not the Rams. Just because, obviously, with the Niners, we still don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. They say Jimmy G's their guy, but they just took Trey Lance and traded up to get him at the third overall pick after all this dilemma in the offseason about you know them trading up and then who they're going to take. Everybody says it's going to be Mac Jones. Oh, maybe it's going to be Justin Fields. Maybe it's going to be Trey Lance. And then everybody thought it was going to be Mac Jones, and boom, come draft night, Kyle Shanahan pulls the trigger, takes Trey Lance. Um, another guy from North Dakota State, same college as Carson Wentz. 17 starts in college, right? Yeah, he didn't he didn't play that much. That's that's a lot of the things I don't I, I I'm starting to notice with college quarterbacks that seems to be kind of 
yeah. not helpful in their career. There has been guys, you know, who haven't started many games and still have done well in the NFL. Mac Jones, another guy who was only a one-year starter as well in Alabama, but obviously he has Bill Belichick as his coach, so I see a little more faith in him, even though I despise Alabama quarterbacks just because the only successful Alabama quarterback there's been in the NFL, I think it's Joe Namath and maybe yeah. maybe one other guy. Uh, Tua still has a lot to prove to prove to us in my opinion same thing with ohio state i say the same thing about ohio state i i've told this to you many times that i if you want to be a good quarterback in the nfl don't go to ohio state or alabama we obviously saw dwayne haskins was very heated about the giants drafting daniel jones over him in the draft and now look dwayne haskins was not demoted from starter the back of last year he was demoted from starter the third string yeah. quarterback last year and then he lost his his contract with the football team and now he's like the 17th string quarterback for the Steelers yeah um, like so he's a part of the Steelers I, I have much more faith in Justin Fields with Chicago than I do with Dwayne Haskins with the football yeah. team obviously uh, and guys before that JT Barrett whoever else was before all those guys but no I definitely think uh if they figure out between Jimmy Garoppolo and obviously Jimmy Garoppolo was good enough to lead them to the Super Bowl loss against the, the Chiefs I think that they they still are going to be a, a playoff team especially if that defense stays healthy and is dominant yeah. as they were when they went to the Super Bowl yeah I agree the Niners like obviously I hate them as a, as a Rams fan and I, every Rams fan on earth can get behind me on that and they are they are a really talented roster and I know that Kyle Shanahan and, and John Lynch get a lot of praise for what they've uh, been able to develop over there. And Kyle Shanahan has gotten a lot of praise, even probably more than McVay, I would say, because I, I don't know why, because uh, while he's been there, uh, the Niners, like his overall record has been just above 500. It hasn't been great. They had that one, that, that, that one good year, um, but he's been there four years now, and I know the injury year was was tough, but I think McVay's never had a season where he finished like three and thirteen or whatever whatever the Niners finished as, um, and that and he didn't inherit a team that was just terrible. I mean, Niners had some pieces. Uh, anyways, I'm going off on a tangent here. Uh, Niners, the 2021 Niners are a different team, and they're a very talented team, and I can easily see them finishing as a fifth seed. Or even winning the division, uh, depending on what happens uh, throughout the season. It's going to be close. Uh, but, yeah, I agree that they're going to be um, either the five or the division champion there. So, leading in to the division winners um, at four. I don't know. Who who are we thinking at four? Is I that th the NFC East or the NFC North? I think four is an interesting conversation. Obviously, like you said, it's either the NFC East or the NFC North, uh, depending on what happens with Green Bay. Um, I think, uh, you know, obviously if, if Rogers is back, I think, you know, then that might even give them a shot at the two seed as well. Yeah. Um, but I think the NFC East should be the four spot here. Obviously, um, I'm going to roll with the New York football giants just cause I liked what I saw last year. We made improvements. Obviously, uh, I was very excited when we got Kenny Galladay this off season. Um, Kadarius Tony is going to help our offense. Uh, we have John Ross as well if we need. Uh, tons of weapons for Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones seems to have been working a lot. Uh, I was talking with Blake Martinez's wife, and she was telling me that Daniel Jones and all the offensive guys were down in Arizona working together, uh, which is obviously big for just building stuff. Um, 
I saw a photo of Daniel Jones the other day, and it looked like he'd been doing leg sets with with Saquon Barkley. His legs look shredded. Let's go. Um, well, hopefully, he won't trip on the ten yard line this this year. Any quads, an, baby. An eighty yard rushing touchdown. Um, but no, I definitely it, it's definitely the year for Daniel Jones to prove himself. Uh, obviously, going into next year's draft class, I would not like to have to draft a quarterback because next year's draft class for quarterback, looking yeah. at it right now, looks terrible. Very questionable. Um, I don't want any. Some young dude named Spencer, Spencer Rattler, Rattler playing Sam quarterback for, for my for my Giants, um, and you know the Giants could have you know if the Giants have a bad season, they could end up having two top ten draft picks because we do have the Bears first round draft pick next year as well. Um, but yeah. I definitely think this four spots NFC East, whether it's the Giants, the football team, or even the Cowboys. Yeah, I got I think I got the Giants there. You know we've talked about a lot about the Giants already on today's episode. Don't need to do that again. Uh, but for all those reasons, I think the Giants could easily win that division, uh, which put, would put them around the four, the four seed or the three seed. Um, and it, it's interchangeable. Uh, I think the NFC North and NFC East champ at three and four are pretty inter- interchangeable. Again, we don't really know what's going on with Green Bay. Uh, but if they got Rodgers, I think it's a lock they're going to win that division. Uh, but if they don't, which is look like looks like that's going to be the case, um, I don't know. I, I, I Minnesota or Chicago would say obviously would be the, my choices there. Detroit, no chance. Um, I, I would love to see the Chicago win the division with Justin Fields. Uh, I know you mentioned you don't like Ohio State quarterbacks, and I don't either. Uh, but it seems to be the only outlier in that equation that Ohio State trans, uh, quarterbacks don't translate is if you transfer into Ohio State or you transfer out of Ohio State, you could be a pretty good quarterback, as Joe Burrow has demonstrated. Uh, so who knows, maybe Justin Fields could be um, could just kind of change that narrative, um, which would be, I'd love that. I got a lot of friends that are Bears fans, and I, I believe in him. So if Rodgers isn't there, uh, Bears could, I think Bears could take that division and make the playoffs, which would be exciting. Um, but yeah, two, one and two, I think, are pretty comfortable picks for us um, with Tampa Bay and the Rams. Obviously, we don't need to go into the Rams again. We talked a lot about them already. Um, great team, you know, great coach, great front office right now. Uh, the window really seems open uh, right now for them, so I can see them finishing one or two. And, you know, obviously Tampa Bay, uh, I've never seen anything like this, how they've kept 22, all 22 of their starters from their Super Bowl winning team uh, last year, uh, and they were they retained all of them, and they're going into this season with all those guys. So you really can't rule them out of being a, a similar team, if not like better, um, with the year of experience together and the playoff experience and just chemistry. So I can see Tampa Bay winning um, the NFC uh, next year, and my NFC championship would probably be Rams Tampa Bay right now, but. Again, it's it's very questionable right now the NFC. So, yeah, no, I definitely think it's going to be interesting. Obviously, we're we're a long ways out from the season. Who knows what's going to happen at this point? Um, yeah, I think one, two, and three, depending on the Aaron Rodgers situation, is very interchangeable in the NFC seating. Um, but bouncing over the AFC, uh, I I think you'll enjoy my my one seed over here when we get over here. But um, I got a feeling of who it is, and I feel like I might have the same one seed could be possible um but yeah looking at this uh we had we did have the afc uh north having three teams in the playoffs last year Uh, obviously the steelers following their 11-0 start and uh ended up going i think one and five or two and five in their final couple games uh, and really falling apart for them but yeah no i think starting at seven 
Uh, seven last year was the Indianapolis Colts, led by Philip Rivers, who uh, obviously historically not good in the playoffs, now retired coaching high school football in Alabama, I believe. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Can Carson Wentz bring the Colts back to the playoffs is the question. Can he have a resurrection of his career down there? Um, and then Indianapolis, uh, what's the Steelers going to look like this year? I think this year is kind of a drop-off year for the Steelers because they did lose some big, impactful players in the offseason. Their O-line is definitely in question. Can Najee Harris be the running back that everybody expects him to be? I saw I saw a fantasy football mock draft this morning that had Najee Harris going like the third round fourth round which I thought was really high so it's definitely going to be interesting but I think starting at at seven it's it's kind of a toss-up but for me uh, I see this year the Chargers making the playoffs uh, so I think I'm going to put the Chargers at seven here Justin Herbert obviously coming off rookie of the year season uh, phenomenal season uh, for him coming out of Oregon uh, I was hoping he came out the year before because I wanted Justin Herbert to be a giant but obviously the hope is with them being healthy with Derwin James is a big part of that offense uh sorry that defense and he obviously has been back-to-back ACL tears which has been obviously detrimental for them Anthony Lynn gone Brandon Staley coming over from uh the Rams to the Chargers going from locker room to locker room and so far um so hopefully you know obviously that helps their defense because the big thing for them last year was defense it blowing games uh they couldn't finish games because their defense would lose them the falcons were in the same boat all season long and it just was unfortunate for them but i i personally yeah. see the Chargers making the playoffs and i think they'll be sitting at the seventh seed at the end of the season yeah i do as well and again yeah chargers blowing games was a match made in heaven last season and they are getting an arguable defensive player of the year candidate back in Duran james uh, i love Duran james fantastic safety um, really elite player there, and they're getting him back. You know, injuries have been an issue for him throughout his entire NFL career so far, but I'm really hoping he can stay healthy because I do see the Chargers as a team that can make the playoffs. I, I, I love Herbert, um, great quarterback, so I'd be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, I can see them at seven. Um, six, um, I want to say either Baltimore or, jeez, Baltimore or Miami, maybe. Um, Baltimore, obviously, Lamar Jackson's uh, an incredible athlete and has shown he can actually win a playoff game last year. Uh, I think So I think he's gotten over that hump. Uh, I think uh, the Ravens are ready to win some playoff games a little bit more than uh, and go a little bit further than they did last year. Uh, so I can see Ravens sneaking in there as a wild card. Uh, Dolphins, a team that no one saw coming last year. I think they started like one and five or zero and five and something or something, and just turned it around. I think they finished with ten wins, um, with their defense just coming out of nowhere. Uh, Xavier Howard had ten interceptions, had a fantastic season. It was fun to watch him, um, but that defense for Miami is really really special. So I can see that taking them to the playoffs. I know they didn't get there last year, which was kind of a shame. I think they kind of deserved to be in. Uh, she didn't do enough to uh, get there last year, but I think they can get in there this year. Um, at five, I don't know. At five, I can see uh, Indianapolis. I like what they're doing there. I, like, I think Carson Wentz has a good bounce back year. Um, he's got people rallying around him now. And if it was a tough situation for him in Philly, uh, everyone kind of just gave up on him. Um, but he looks like he's healthy now, and they have a pretty good line there. Uh, they have a pretty good uh, offensive guard there in Indianapolis that can uh, block for him and keep him from getting sacked like he was in Philly. So I can see the Colts making the playoffs, um, getting that five spot, and that would be exciting uh, for Carson Wentz. You know, I, I root for him. 
Um, good guy. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback. Just had some unfortunate uh, luck uh, with in Philly there. So I think he can get over that hump and make the playoffs in a new conference. So that'll be exciting for him. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree where your head's at. Um, for me, Miami, I think, is still a little bit away. Tua still has some stuff to prove. My biggest criticism for Tua last year was the fact that they would were more comfortable with Ryan Fitzpatrick in needed win games. They brought him in at the end of that Raiders game. They wanted to play him against the Bills in the final game of the season, but he ended up being hurt. Um, Jalen Waddell, obviously a big addition in the draft for them. Running back, I don't know who they're playing at running back right now, uh, but I think they still need a couple more weapons to surround Tua with to truly be comfortable. Obviously, that defense had a great year last year. Um, nothing to play in with there, but I still think they're a little bit out. If the if the Dolphins make the playoff, I think they'll be a seven seed. For me, I have the Colts as the six seed. I do think that Carson Wentz will have a little bit of a career resurrection there. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, having Quentin Nelson in front of you is definitely helpful. Uh, they have one of the best O-lines in football, like you mentioned. Jonathan Taylor, great rookie year last year. Jonathan Taylor, uh, I don't know if Marlon Mack's still under contract with them. And Naeem Hines, they're a great running back uh, room. Mike, Michael Pittman Jr. could have a breakout year. T.Y. Yeah. Hilton re- returning as well. And then, obviously, with that defense, that defense is nowhere short of being bad. They're one of the best yeah. defense in the NFL. They were last year. Uh, Darius Leonard does a great job quarterbacking that defense from the linebacker position. So I definitely see them as a sixth seed, and I personally have Baltimore as my five seed. Uh, I think, you know, they're ready to win now. They did make some key addresses they needed to, obviously, by starting taking a wide receiver in the first round, which Lamar needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, J.K. Dobbins having a good season last year as well. Uh, their O-line is great as well. I, the Giants played the Ravens last year, and uh, they showed a stat comparing the Giants' D-line to the Ravens' O-line. The Giants' average defensive lineman was like 6'5", 300 pounds, but then the Ravens' O-line was average guy was 6'8", 320 pounds. Jeez. So they definitely aren't small there. They have the protection, and obviously um, – Lamar, just like Kyler, more of a legs guy than an arm arm guy. Kyler obviously has a significantly better arm, in my opinion. Uh, Lamar still has stuff to prove, obviously, to prove that he doesn't deserve to be called a running back at this point. Uh, so they definitely have stuff to prove out there. Uh, their defense, I'm sure, will continue to be strong. They have plenty of great guys, especially like Patrick Queen, who had a great year last year. Um, and definitely, I think they would be my five seared five seed here and then obviously getting to our divisional winners here definitely some questions um but i, I got think, tennessee i, I think, got tennessee at four i think the biggest surprise uh so far at this point for us is the steelers not making the playoffs for either one of us um obviously like i said you know they did have some key losses but also it's 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 going to be interesting in in pittsburgh obviously juju took the pay cut to kind of have his prove season and resurrect kind of the season he had last year because he was too busy doing tiktok dances um really that whole entire wide receiver room was too busy doing that which was really surprising with especially the the rap that uh mike tomlin has and i was surprised he let that go on for so long uh but definitely i do agree with you at four the titans being there uh, i do think there's a possibility they shoot up and this this seating if they do acquire julio oh yeah um and obviously have him alongside aj brown who had a great year last year Ryan Tannehill just kind of proving that he's not a bad quarterback. I remember years back, I got in an argument with somebody about whether Ryan Tannehill was better than Tyrod Taylor or not. Stuck by Ryan Tannehill. I've been by him since Miami. There you go. Um, and so he's definitely proven himself. Obviously, he still has a little bit to prove. I think a lot of people think he's more of here, Derrick Henry, just go carry the football for me kind of guy. But I think he can sling it if he needs to. Yeah, I mean, here, Derrick Henry, here's the football take. It does work a lot. 
Uh, it's a pretty good strategy for Tennessee, and he, he's incredible. He's absolutely a phenomenal running back, the best in the league, in my opinion. I'm sure yours, too. Um, just an absolute freight train. Um, but it does make Tannehill's job a little easier. Um, but losing Corey Davis kind of hurts a little bit. Uh, I love Corey Davis. I think he's a pre- uh, really good receiver. Uh, I, I wanted my team to get him somehow when, uh, when he was uh, in his draft class and that draft was going on. Um, but, yeah, again, if they can get Julio, uh, that changes a lot, and they could maybe be a three seed. I, I just can't put them at one or two right now, um, but maybe a three if they can get Julio. Three, I want to say I think I might put Kansas City at three this year. They've been, I don't know, I just, I know they bolstered their offensive line after that Super Bowl, uh, as we we all saw, Patrick Mahomes ran about 4,000 miles uh, throughout the length of that game, uh, running for his life, Uh, so they got some help for him on the offensive line, uh, most notably Orlando Brown, who's who's a great offensive lineman, so... I don't know. A lot of people probably have Kansas City at one or two still, mostly one still. I just see them maybe taking a little tiny step back this year, and it could be for a reason we don't even know yet. I just maybe I just kind of feel that uh, they're going to finish at three, um, but more so because I really love Buffalo and Cleveland. I don't know. Do you agree with me? What, what, what do you put Kansas City? I, like you, am not like most people, and I do have the Chiefs sitting here at the three spot. Yep. And for me, it's still the lack of talent surrounding Mahomes on offense. This was a big thing we saw in the Super Bowl. Their defense is, I, I've said this for a while now in the past two Super Bowls, you know, I said this. Their first Super Bowl they won, I did not think they were going to win because the lack of talent they had on the defensive side of the football. Uh, I still think they do still have room for improvement on the defensive side of the football. Obviously, offensively, like you said in the, in the Super Bowl, obviously they were without both their left and right tackle in the Super Bowl, but obviously they went out and got Orlando Brown, uh, got in Kyle Long as well coming out of retirement. Um, so that's going to be helpful for them. But you can't, you know, for, continue to rely on three heavily paid guys and Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Tyreek Hill to continue to do all this. Sammy Watkins will be good week one like he always is, and then he'll be terrible for the rest of the season. Uh, then they have McCole Hartman Jr., this other running back, this different wide receiver all these different guys who aren't big names who i think they really need one more true big name so if they can even pull off a trade to get julio that would definitely be something that would be crazy for me uh i've seen talks of your boy todd Gurley coming going there to kansas city that would help a little bit Uh, i think having a veteran presence at running back would definitely help especially with edward solaire who uh was obviously great in college with joe burris his quarterback uh, he was good the first couple weeks, and then he dealt with a little bit of injury throughout the season. But I do agree with you that there's going to be, for whatever the reason may be, I do see Kansas City taking a step back, which is just to the three seed, which is you know pretty impressive, taking a step back. Yeah, They're exactly. still a playoff team. Uh, but I definitely agree with you. I, I do like Buffalo here. I do like the Cleveland Browns here. Uh, for me, I think we might have telekinesis or something, but Cleveland's my one seed. Buffalo's my two seed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What did you say? Who's your one seed? Cleveland Browns are my one seed. I have... Yeah, wait, hold on. It's not like you said Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. I like the Cleveland Browns because a lot of things. For me, it's time Odell proves himself. Obviously, being a Giants fan, the trade was very upsetting for me happening two years ago now. And it's just crazy because Odell, every single season with the Giants, has been better in his time with Cleveland with a better quarterback in Baker Mayfield when Eli was throwing him the football at the end of his career. 
and it's been interesting. Obviously, he's had a couple injuries there. He had injuries and suspensions with the Giants, uh, but he still made it work. Had historical numbers his rookie year. Uh, obviously, having catch that I don't think we'll ever forget for the rest of our lifetimes. Uh, but it's time for him to prove himself. Him and Jarvis need to get it going. Uh, obviously, they have uh, Austin Hooper as well as David Njoku uh, still there at the tight end options. Nick Chubb emerging himself last year as one of the best running backs in football. I think he'll continue to do so. Um, their O-line, one of the best in football as well. Uh, so I think this is a season for Baker to prove himself as well. He started to kind of come on at the end there. Uh, I actually did an audition for an internship that I ended up not taking, and I talked about how I think Baker's going to be a top 15 quarterback this year. I didn't put him top 10, but I think he's going to be one of those top 15, top 15 fantasy quarterbacks mainly um, this year. Obviously, their defense, great, got even better, bringing in John Johnson from the Rams. Um which is going to be a big add for them. Uh, there was talks they were going to J.J. Watt, which would have been disgusting having J.J. Watt, Miles Garrett opposite of one another. Obviously, they had injuries last year as well. Uh, Grant Delpit, who was the second highest drafted safety last year, a lot of people saw him as the highest rated safety between him and Xavier McKinney, who's a part of the Giants defense who was injured week 1 through 13 last year. Um so I think that will obviously help having John Johnson and Grant Delpit at the top of their uh, their secondary. Obviously, Denzel Ward's proven himself to quietly be worth that fourth overall pick that they took him at the year they took Baker. Um, so I personally have Cleveland there at the one. I also like Buffalo at the two because I think, obviously, Josh Allen coming off the year he just had, Stephon Diggs coming off the year he just had. I'm a big Stephon Diggs guy. I've said it every single year that I think Stephon Diggs is better than Adam Thielen, and he proved it last year in my opinion. Uh, and then obviously getting Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is going to bolster that offense quite a bit as well. Emmanuel Sanders, obviously, at the later half of his career, but I think he's an improvement over John Brown and Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley, great year as well, as you know, mistakenly taking him in our fantasy league, but obviously being a big part of your fantasy team last year. Yeah, I remember that, Dan. Um, I auto-drafted him for some reason. I was like, damn, I just drafted Cole Beasley in, like really early and he turned out turned out to be one of my best players last year, so that was fantastic. Thank you, Cole Beasley. If you're listening, I know you're not, but thank you. But yeah, I think uh, with that Bills defense as well, nothing short of bad there as well. They still, I think, have plenty of room for improvement there. The Bills defense, we all, I think, wanted the Bills to make the Super Bowl last year, uh, in our friend group, that is. But yeah, I, I see the Bills repeating as a two-seat here. Uh, I do see them easily winning that division um i do potentially see you know somehow mac jones having a resurrection and coming in some point at that season but i think they're going to start cam cam newton to start the season yeah Uh, probably but yeah i I, are you same as me or are you yeah i'm I'm really happy you have cleveland at one because i do as well I love Cleveland, what they're doing right now. Uh, Cleveland Browns are not doing a single – they haven't done a single thing wrong in, in a while now, it feels like. They drafted incredibly in this, in this recent draft, uh, which kind of just put the icing on the cake for what they have going on over there right now. Uh, you know, I love the addition – obviously, I don't love the addition of John Johnson for them because he was plucked from my team. Uh, but I think um, that's a very underrated um, acquisition for them. I'm not sure they know exactly – how good of an acquisition uh, that will be for them. He's a very, um, he's, he's an incredible captain. He was a captain for us. He's uh, an incredible vocal leader. Uh, you know, he called the shots on defense. He wore the sticker on the helmet. Um, so that's a it's, a, it's a big loss for us and again, a great addition for them. Uh, obviously, they got Troy Hill from us too, cornerback. Um, you know, can play opposite side of uh, Denzel Ward. 
Uh, Troy Hill really had a breakout season for the Rams. Uh, had a couple of pick sixes, I believe, um, and in his contract year, um, which was great for him, bad for me again. Um, but yeah, and they also got Jadavian Clowney, um, who is a player that you know has kind of been here and there in these past uh, few years. Um, didn't really do too much in Seattle and Tennessee, but nonetheless, he was the number one overall pick for a reason. He's extremely talented at the defensive end, um, and he gets to play opposite side of Miles Garrett now. Um, and so that's going to be just dangerous and explosive and all kinds of fun to watch. And obviously, the offense uh, with Jarvis, uh, you know, Odell, Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Like, what else do you need? Like Baker, it's 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 all in front of you right now. Uh, this is the year for you guys. When I am gladly going to be riding that bandwagon in the in the AFC I, I feel like because I, I want to see them do well uh, as we all know they've been a poverty franchise for the last few uh, few decades um, so if they can get the one seed this year it'll be an incredible story in sports and something I would love to see so I got them at one as well and I got Buffalo at two as well uh, as they finished in the two seed last year um, Josh Allen's incredible Stephon Diggs is incredible that defense is incredible I think they finish two again and play uh, Cleveland in the in the uh, AFC Championship, uh, which is going to be a fun game to watch. And if I would have told you the Bills and the Browns would be playing in the AFC Championship probably four years ago, you wouldn't believe me. But it, you wouldn't believe me as well as a lot of other people that follow the NFL. But it's going to be, uh, I think, if that were to happen and actually uh, come into fruition, that's going to be an incredible AFC Championship game. And I'll definitely be watching that. But, yeah, AFC looks great this year, and that's kind of where we have – it's stacking up so yeah no it's definitely definitely gonna be an interesting year uh definitely gonna be fun to watch uh very much looking forward to fantasy football this year as always but yeah we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here we don't gonna get going too long we just hit the hour mark but yeah thank you guys for tuning into the first episode of the udfa pod uh we are your host austin gregory nick gugas but yeah thank you guys for tuning in uh our goal is to get these out uh every week uh we're going to be active on social media we're going to be active on our website uh we're definitely going to be trying to get some people involved with the show as well uh but yeah thank you guys for listening nick any any final words before i pass the dispensary outro us here all the same i appreciate everyone listening uh thank you guys for tuning in i'm really excited to be doing this with austin and the studio uh he's doing what we love you know talking football talking sports so just appreciate everyone listening and tuning in and yeah that's that's about it excited to just get this thing going pumping out episodes uh and yeah just that that's all i gotta say all right thank you guys thank you for listening thank and you spencer take us on out of here thank you for listening to this episode of the undrafted free agents podcast be sure to follow the show on twitter and instagram at udfa pod that's at udfa pod to stay up to date with the podcast Until next time, just remember, you don't always need to be drafted to be successful. successful.